0: Hey Field Hang 10, watch out for a new wave of episodes for Forgotten Cinema Season 9, Forgotten Summer. Ugh, really, Baller, a theme season?
1: Let me guess, we're going to talk about films that were released in the coveted summer months that for some reason seem to be forgotten by audiences. You know it, bro. What we liked about them or maybe didn't. But we'll always recommend people check them out. Maybe they'll find their own Forgotten Summer gem.
0: So check out Forgotten Summer wherever you get your podcast. Part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Hold on, gotta catch this wave. We're sitting at Deskin recording booth. Hey there, I'm Mr. Black. And I'm Mr. Green. And we're a couple of guys who met in a comic book store. Together we host the Pint O' Comics Podcast, where we invite listeners to join us to talk about movies, TV, comics, music, or just whatever. Starting very soon, we'll be joining up with the fine folks at Forgotten Entertainment For a special limited series called On the QT, where we talk Tarantino. Every week for 10 weeks, a guest will join us to chat about every Quentin Tarantino movie from Reservoir Dogs to Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. So join us starting in May 2021. On the QT is available wherever you download your podcasts and is part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Ooh, that's a bingo.
1: Hi, I'm Shamar Griffith. And I'm Andrew Tejada. I am a Blurred with a love for artwork and comics and animation.
0: And I'm a freelance writer with a
1: love for pretty much the same things. We grew up together and spent our formative years watching and talking about DC superhero shows and content. In fact, we still do.
0: Every episode, we will discuss a film and its connection to the DC animated movie universe, compare it to its original source material, and share our thoughts on the adaptation.
1: We've enjoyed our conversations these past couple of decades, and we think you will too. This is yet another DC Animated Podcast. Welcome to yet another episode of yet another DC animated podcast. My name is Shamar Griffith, codename Com Shams. And I am Andrew, codename
0: Arate. Andrew and I have known each other since 1996. That was the same year a film called Subterfuge, starring Jonathan Slade, an ex military man sent on a wild undercover mission, was released. Why is any of this relevant? Well, wait till you hear what we got for you today.
1: Oh, man, that's a good one because every (laughs) every note, every single one, (laughs) because we are going to be reintroduced to the Teen Titans who are dealing with some craziness happening in their house. And it also includes a man named Slade. (laughs) And in this film, we have Teen Titans, the Judas Contract. It's based off the 1984 story, and this 2017 film directed by Sam Liu brings to life one of the most iconic and possibly most used stories. Whenever dealing with the Teen Titans,
0: yep. When you got a Titan story that you want to add a little drama, you want to add a little spice. You have Slade show up, the military man Slade. Well, is he a military man in the DC? I don't know. He's from somewhere, but you have yeah, him. Oh, is he? Wow, yeah, this, is this literally might be the same person. <laughs> we have created a whole cinematic universe here. <laughs> yes, here we go. um Yeah, so he shows up, and you also have another Titan favorite villain, Brother Blood. Ooh,
1: continuing on with our Halloween episode from last week. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, yeah. it's still Halloween in summer. So we have the answer studio is back working on the animation for this one. But going back to our actual film that we're talking about today, this film has a runtime of 84 minutes, making it possibly the one of the, actually the longest film we've seen so far.
0: That, that makes sense. That makes sense. There was a, there's a lot packed in here, a lot of good stuff, but you know, it, it did. Yeah. Yeah. The length makes sense. And because there's so much,
1: stuff packed into this. We're going to go quickly through the cast list because, again, we have the entire Teen Titans team returning. Some of them sporting new colors. I, I have to say this one thing real quick, actually. Yes. I never liked the red Nightwing suit. Mm. I might be, I might be causing the war here, but, you know, the blue Nightwing suit is the best one. And the red ones from the New 52 era, I never liked it.
0: It was trash. Is that just <laughs> so, like, if he starts bleeding, nobody notices? Is that why?
1: <laughs> Possibly. I mean, who knows? The way that Damien's been cutting them up in these past movies, like, it's possible. <laughs> and we have not only the Teen Titans returning, we have some of the old ones that we see in this cameo appearance in the very beginning, some of them voiced by some voices from Young Justice. But we have new voices now with Christina Ritchie as Tara Markov, Greg Henry as Brother Blood, Meg Foster as Mother Mayhem, and finally, Miguel Ferrer is the voice of Deathstroke. He actually took on the role from the Deathstroke that was originally in Son of Batman. And one thing about this man, he unfortunately passed away at the announcement of this film being produced. And Andrew, you might remember him because I know that you and I watched this show a lot when we were kids. He is the voice of Tarakudu, the Shadow Khan King from season four of Jackie Chan Adventures.
0: Damn, I never made that connection. Yep. Wow. Like a- Such a classic. Oh, man. Yeah. This guy. Wow. What right.
1: a Now we've paid our respects to Miguel. Let's dive into this film with this new DC Universe cold open that we have here with a flashback from five years ago showing the original team of Teen Titans.
0: Yes. And also, we just want to, in case anyone's nervous, we just want to reassure you right away there is no Batman in this movie. Not, yes. not one frame not one single scene they finally <laughs> finally made a dc movie without batman <laughs> yeah. he's not even mentioned that's the craziest part not even mentioned not even <laughs> my dad my father will hear about this none of that from yeah. damien it is lovely i just uh ah, <laughs> so refreshing so this flashback we
1: opened up the original Teen titans which consists of Nightwing, when he was Robin, Kid Flash, Speedy, Bumblebee, and Beast Boy, they're riding around in the T-car. The and I got to ask this also other question. How old is Beast Boy?
0: Because... i You know, I was saying this same thing. I want to guess because of his green stuff, like he looks more youthful. I'm going to say he's like eight or something mm-hmm. in this movie. And at the at the start, before the five okay. years, the scale, okay. I, I guess... All right, because I was just like, "Yo, the
1: boy hasn't. He doesn't look like he aged up in any way, shape, or form. I mean, the suit
0: changed, yeah, but like he's acting more or less the same. (laughs) Yeah, he's uh, we gotta get. We'll get into his behavior later on, but (laughs) yeah, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. These kids are cruising along mm -hmm. the highway, and then you know, as you do, you look up, you see an alien come out of a portal, fighting other aliens, and because one of those aliens being surrounded is Starfire, and you know how Starfire has been portrayed in this universe thus far. Robin just has to get his team involved.
1: Yes, they immediately spring into action along with making the jokes of just like this, he wouldn't have done this unless she was hot. Like I think that was one (laughs) of my favorite lines. And we get a chance to see this old school Teen Titans team just really taking care of business. And it's just so great to see the consistency of how the Teen Titans always work together. Ultimately, it leads
0: into Speedy shooting a bomb, almost, into the portal.
1: Yeah, he had like a
0: nuclear warhead on one of those arrows. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Like, I don't think, is that regulation? (laughs) I I don't think he should be carrying that around, to be honest.
1: No, because somehow Robin realizes that Starfire is telling him, as she's speaking in Tamaranian, Starfires from the planet called Tamaran. She tells him that in order to get rid of all the elder aliens, she needs to shoot something in the portal, figures it out, speedy shoots the thing, and there's now everything is just causing this reverse pullback of all the aliens that came after Starfire. As Robin is holding on to her, all the other heroes and titans are trying to transform and do things in different ways to keep themselves from getting sucked in. And I gotta admit, I kind of love this little sacrificial play that robin pulled off where starfire was grabbed at the last second and was being pulled into it by one of the aliens that was chasing after her and my dude lets go of what he was doing throws a batarang pretty much at the thing grabs starfire and still successfully is able to save her and secures the kiss at the end
0: I mean, this man went all out and he earned it. You know, he he definitely showed his selflessness and just willingness to die because, I mean, come <laughs> on, you had no chance if you got sucked into Word. that space hole. And after you make an impressive move like that, he immediately puts on a second move and says, hey, why don't you like hang around with us for a couple of days, you know, see how it goes. No worries. Mm-hmm. Starfire. Don't, don't pay for Motel 6. Come <laughs> on. They're not going to leave the light on for you. I got you. And um, that that few days quickly turns into five years as we flash forward to the modern team. Yes.
1: Also, I want to quickly say, too, that Starfire, um, one of her skill set is that she's able to learn any language by kissing another person. Therefore, that is why the kiss actually happened. Again, I love this team because they joke around with each other as you hear Kid Flash and Speedy commenting on, like, I know Spanish. I know French. Like, let's do this. <laughs>
0: they got they got to give it a shot i understand i understand (laughs)
1: um so yes we jump forward to the future five years it is now more of our current timeline where we kind of left our heroes off the last time we saw them in the film they are investigating this factory in which everybody is packing away things they're definitely on this covert operation and we also see that not only has the entire team come back together? They have a new member with Tara, who we saw in the end credits of our last film, and she uses her
0: earthbending skills to break into. Okay, I mean, I, I just got to get out of the way. It looks like an Amazon warehouse that they're breaking into. We know it's a, uh, it's the brother bloods hive base, but it, it it's an Amazon warehouse essentially it is. breaking into, <laughs> and the not t-
1: fifth generations <laughs> in there <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> There, there and there's still some Echo Dots. The Titans are attacking some. I just got to say, I don't normally feel bad for the villains, especially when I guess they, everybody who works in this warehouse technically is part of the Hive cult. But my forklift operator that got messed up when the Titans entered, I felt a little bad for him. I felt like oh. he was just pulling a little extra overtime hours and all of a sudden Starfire shows a green bolt. Beast Boy stomps on him with an elephant leg. Terra Earth bends them out of the way. I, I, I felt bad for these guys. But uh, that's what kicked off the battle inside the Brother Blood Amazon extension warehouse.
1: I will say, too, that, like, we're already seeing some really big payoffs, not only in just, like, their fighting and the way that they're working alongside each other. The Starfire-Nightwing relationship has paid off a lot in, like, one full... Film feature and like maybe like two cameos in the other Batman films, a lot more than it has for Superman and Wonder Woman. Oh yes, yeah. Oh. We see like yeah, <laughs> significant growth in their relationship. Significant growth, not only in just like them as a couple, but also them as teammates because they are really working together to like lead this team. Granted, they are bumping heads because Robert, well, Nightwing was the former leader of the Teen Titans, so. Being back on this squad is definitely causing some tension there. But Starfire is showing that she's a capable leader throughout this entire time as they go about and complete their missions and finding and making sure that everybody in this facility, this Amazon facility, is taken out. Amazon, please don't come after
0: us. (laughs) Yeah. Hashtag definitely not sponsored. (laughs) And right in the middle of this dangerous mission, they decide you know what? Robin gets down on. One knee and says, "Want to move in with me, Starfire?" And gives her the the house keys. And uh yeah, and I though I don't know how this works. Like the Starfire fly over to the Titan Tower every night. Or like <laughs> they do debriefs remotely. I don't know the logistics, but she is down for it. And the mission is complete for now. Of course, everything's clear. There will be no repercussions whatsoever for them, mm-hmm. as they focus on a character that was under underplayed, but I I like to see more of Blue Beetle. We get some more Blue Beetle moments right away in this movie.
1: Yeah, definitely. I i love this part here because Jaime is just at first it seems like as if he's just a like you mentioned, like he's just a background character. Um in the first film he kind of was. In this one, you know, we we are expected to focus in on Tara and her introduction into the team and like how long she's been there and her i will admit her shadiness already from the very beginning the attitude that she puts forward i don't like her this girl needs to chill out for a second but we get a really great great moment here with jaime because he takes part in this conversation a video call with his parents and it's revealed at that moment that his parents i guess must have sent him away or he decided to leave himself after coming into contact with the beetle that is attached to his back it has been causing some tension and possibly dangerous moments amongst the family. So he decided to find put himself into an area where he cannot be harmful to his family. But it's definitely have caused a rift between him and his father as the Beatle tends to actually respond to his father in a way it was just like, it's on site, like every yeah. single time.
0: <laughs> I don't know what the father did to the Beatle, but... I uh, maybe he tried to swat it the first time he saw it. Thought it was a big cockroach on Miguel's back. I don't know. But <laughs> grab that one chonkla from the- <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what it was, but he, he was just not down for it. So they set up this, this conflict with Jaime very effectively. And then we segue to another really nice scene where Damien and Dick are just bantering. They're mm-hmm. just having a nice conversation. Dick is like, yo, where do you sneak off to at night? And Damien is getting on the defensive. And Dick's like, yo, yo, I'm just taking an interest in your life. That's it. And Damien immediately after hearing that, he's like, smiles. He lets his guard down. It's such a great payoff for this running thing throughout the last 17 Batman movies that finally (laughs) these two have gotten to a point in their relationship where they understand each other. They Mm -hmm. like each other and respect each other, which is really just just seeing where they started to now is just so where Damien was trying to cut my man with a sword and now, facts. Now we're here. This is this is nice. This is nice. And as they're
1: just really bonding and having this brotherly bond, we see another brother with Brother Blood, who is having an interview with this reporter, and he's talking about what his church is, you know, his faith. And it's already coming off creepy AF because it's just like, there's something more that he's hiding away. And we immediately see what that is as we see Brother Blood in this pool, this bathtub um, surrounded by people who are a lot of his followers. And then we get a good look at this pool and bath that he's in
0: and it's literally just filled with blood yep he he really takes his name literally because Mm -hmm. he uh yeah that reporter that insulted him earlier he is bathing in that reporter's blood to to stay young and immortal apparently he's been around for like 900 years and yeah i guess like vandal savage look out this guy's coming for your title as like the immortal of the the decade (laughs) and because it's in this effective introduction, because now you're like this guy, clearly something wrong with him. We also see him go into this machine where there are like five young people strapped to it. And the five, the bodies of four of the young people get converted to one that becomes super strong. And as soon as Brother Brother sees this and goes, huh, nice. He shoots the strong guy right in in the freaking head. What kind of severance package is that? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Jesus. Yo. Also, quick disclaimer, this is actually still PG-13. This, I, this is a PG-13
0: movie? Yeah. He bathed in a guy's blood. How is this PG-13? Yeah,
1: I, I thought it was going to be rated R, but apparently they brought it back down real quick Um, before the next set of films started off with rated R. What but yeah? That? <laughs> <laughs> we got to see more brother, brother Blood come out of that, um, that pool uh because also brother blood (laughs) also looks jacked as heck in
0: this thing (laughs) oh yeah he's our jacked guy for (laughs) today
1: so we now experience who brother blood is he's like we know how cutthroat he is we literally see what he does but we're going to go back to our wholesome story by going back to see jaime who's clearly struggling with the fact that the conversation he had with his parents he decides to go out he's walking with Beast Boy and Terra. And he sees this place called Gabriel's Horn. And it's this uh, center where they care for unhoused individuals. And he decides to help out there because his parents actually work at a very similar place where he's from. So he starts talking with the people there. He meets somebody named Tracy, who um, I'm just going to say real quickly, because it's not much I wanted to talk about her for later. She is actually a character in the DC universe. She has witch-like powers. Um, that is why she actually wears the number 13 on her shirt, ah. because I believe that is actually her code name in, in the DC universe.
0: Gotcha. Yes, yes. That makes sense, because yes. there was a lot of focus on her, and then until there wasn't. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, there was. They. they I, I don't know what the, uh, the ultimate payoff was there. There is a very similar storyline that um, I want to say possibly they were trying to connect it and adapt it to but yeah it was just tracy's there but he decides to start working at gabriel's horn so that's happening but then we they immediately cut back to a scene back at the tower where it's night and for some reason now the towers are rocking so everybody starts knocking and we find out that Tara is having these night terrors that's causing her to use her powers
0: yes and they seem to be hinting at some very dark flashbacks, uh, which we get we'll definitely get some expansion on later. But Raven tries to calm her with her empathy powers. Tara immediately rejects it. But everyone is now on notice, especially Damien, who he doesn't take much for him to be suspicious at all. But now he's really like leaning in, like, mm-hmm. ah, nice to know that we could die in our sleep. And <laughs> I mean, I, if the guy was wrong, I'd I'd be harsher to him, but he's not.
1: I agree, man. Cause like I know that we were. She's she. You just have to accept her. She's like, just she doesn't really have anywhere else to go. But you can't expect me to live every day with an attempt on my life. And then also the attitude that she gave afterwards, when it was just like, "We're just trying to help you. Choose one struggle, man." <laughs>
0: Yes, she's she's dealing with a lot. This is another one of the long list of characters that needs a little therapy. Uh, Nothing (laughs) wrong with nothing wrong with it, especially what she's gone through, Mm -hmm. which we get more of the next day when the Titans are training with each other. And we see Starfire easily mop out Nightwing while hinting at her sex life because she's Mm -hmm. extremely open about it. Um, (laughs) Blue Beetle (laughs) triumphs over Raven. And then we get a Beast Boy versus Terra matchup. And during this matchup, I have to say as Beast Boy is getting the upper hand, he turns into a snake. He starts nuzzling Terra's hair, starts making some creepy comments. And this is where I'm just going to say Beast Boy is a little creepy in this movie. A little little creepy. A little creep. creep, little creep creature. Yeah. I'm used to him being a little annoying, but this was a. It looks like it was a bridge too far. It was a. That was far from the only example, but figured now was a good time. And his creep factor makes Tara freak out, and she has this flashback where you see her hints of her being attacked at a village, mm-hmm. Uh and Beast Boy's attack is reminding her that. So she goes a little overboard. She mm-hmm. nearly kills Beast Boy with an attack, and after that immediately after that of all people damien is the one to go up to tara and say like are you okay Do you need help and again this shows such fantastic character growth for damien whose main character trait to this point has been i don't give a shit about anybody <laughs> he has he, he completely thrown that aside and goes to check on tara and it does also lead to one of my favorite Exchanges where they go, problem? Not yet. And you know he's ready. He's ready. Damien is still always ready for that action.
1: Yes, and we see now that time has passed again. It was night now, and Tara decides to go out, uh to experience the world almost. So we see now that as she's leaving the tower, Damien happens to be following her because Right before he decides to leave, he has this conversation with Nightwing. And the two of them kind of discuss this thing of surveillance versus trust. So far, Damien seems to have recruited Starfire and Raven to side with him a little bit and just saying that like we need to just keep a better eye on Terra because Even though before we were all just like, maybe she's just like going through some things and maybe she just needs some help, some more assistance. It seems now that there's something else that's going on, something that Raven sensed when she first tried to comfort Terra back when she was experiencing the the night terrors. So as they're talking, Nightwing's just like, no, it is totally fine. We don't need to be doing this for her. She's um, And really kind of showing right now that he's not like Batman. Because I think that Batman would have possibly maybe have agreed with Damien. I don't know, maybe he would have said that "I, I, I hear where you're coming from and already probably have done the work to look into all of this stuff. But Nightwing seems to be a little bit more trusting, which is such a great character trait of him because... It shows that he's still convicted to keeping on with this idea that Starfire has that this is a home for everybody. This is a home for if you're feeling out of place, if you're feeling lost, you're able to be here and feel this sense of belonging. And to have him be the one fighting back against this, it was really great to see. But Damien doesn't want to hear it. He still decides to follow her. And as he's tracking her, she immediately catches him, tells him that, you know, I felt the vibrations of your footfall because I'm literally connected to the earth, bro.
0: (laughs) Yep. She is a prime earthbender. And uh, soon, unfortunately for Damien, Nightwing was wrong because he is immediately attacked by Slade. And Mm -hmm. we discover that Slade and Terra are working together. They're very close. Too close, uh, because uh, yep, Tara, Tara wants to see what's under Slade's mask, and she does hit on him in some lingerie. How old is Tara? How, how, how old? How old is Tara?
1: <laughs> uh, Tara, for the most part, through I'm assuming that she must be about I mean, it is the teen Titan, so I figured that there must be an age range between 13 to 18.
0: Let's, let's hope 18.
1: Yeah. Um yeah. So we are going to we're we're going to talk about that more later uh because I am be going to scare you right now. It is canon.
0: Yeah, yeah. Maybe maybe it's not great to bring everything over from Yeah, yeah, no, me. no. Don't oh, worry. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it uh it is clear she she wants wants a piece of this mm-hmm. mercenary, but he said let's focus on the mission, okay? Mm-hmm. let's and then we'll get on that. And he decides wisely (laughs) to put Damien inside of a rock wall Mm -hmm. where he can only where he can just breathe, can't access his arms or legs. And him and Damien continuing their rivalry from the last time where Damien basically (laughs) killed Slade indirectly, you know, in that one of those indirect Batman ways. Uh, So they already have a bad rapport. And Damien, despite not having arms and legs, he still is running his mouth. <laughs> he is going after Slade. I, I, he throws out so many savage insults. My favorite is related to what we were just talking about, uh, where when he's like, Slade is punching him, he's like, oh, you like toying with teens? Well, I could tell by who you have in your employee. I was like... <laughs> Damien, Damien, he could kill you at any second and you're going to go out like a G. I, I, can't, I can't hate him. When you're savage and you literally can't do anything, I mean, this guy isn't being fed. He's not getting any water, electrolytes, nothing. But Damien is coming with those insults. I love it. I love him so much.
1: And not only is just Deathstroke just Beating out Damien, we get a chance to see more of this working relationship that Tara and Slade have. Apparently, Tara has been on the Teen Titans for about a year now. And during this entire time, he used these contact lens cameras to put into her eye to keep constant communication with her as she's living at Titans Tower to find out everything about the Titans because they've been contracted. By brother blood to bring them in similar to the machine that we saw we find out that brother blood is trying to replicate the same process with the titans there so that he can gather all of their powers within his own being
0: yeah and i mean luckily since he's had a year to spy on these people and to complete J- slay contract you might even call it a judas contract he- boom <laughs> <laughs> he got him so he sets up traps for everybody based on their personal lives. One of my favorite trap being he sets up a trap for Beast Boy where Beast Boy was going to be on Kevin Smith's podcast. <laughs> yes. And he's lured into an empty room that has nothing but a button that says, do not push. And once he pushes it, he's hit with tranquilizer darts immediately. Later on, Nightwing was like, come on, man, you fell for that? <laughs> <laughs> it's... It- it's so good. It's literally one of the best moments in this film, honestly. It, it's a quality moment. And also real quick to mention before we get into everyone getting captured, I haven't seen many episodes of Teen Titans Go. This is going to be relevant in just a second. But the one episode of Teen Titans Go I've seen, Beast Boy hits on Raven on a beach and sings her a song and they kiss and fall in love. And Beast Boy also takes Tara to a beach they kiss and fall in love. I was kind of waiting for a song. I was kind of mm. waiting for Beast Boy to drop another five-star Billboard chopping song, but yeah, you No, know, it's it's just a romance, just a regular romance of proper age consent. <laughs> <laughs> I hope this makes your RT alteration at some point. yeah, it's it's not going to be left out. I can tell you that. It's not okay, good.
1: So then It's great to kind of see that happen. But in that moment, Slade is watching. And he mentions to her on their communication system that that was such a great performance. I almost believed it myself. And in that moment, I was like, is Slade jealous? And then he immediately tells her also that the plan begins tomorrow. And this initiates the entire takedown of the Teen Titans as each one is just found in some way in a space that they feel the most comfortable in and just completely taken out uh starfire is talking with nightwing and she gets like a gift at her door she thinks it's from nightwing and it immediately blows up in her face we talked about what happened with beast boy and why it's important not to push the big red button uh jaime he is at the sender Gabriel's horn he's just sitting at a chair reading the paper and I have to ask like what what teenager reads the paper Um, so and this shocks him knocking him out and he also gets carried away and the last thing and we get to see all these moments happen not because of as they are like happening at that moment but these are all kind of like Nightwing just ascertaining this from his own detective skills he sees Mm -hmm. that how each of these things came into play to take them out. And the last person to get attacked is Raven, who is completely attacked actually by Terra. This is a shocking thing because this is not any kind of secret thing that she just got caught by accident. It is an all-out brawl that destroys the entire tower that we don't get a chance to see. But we do get to see this really amazing brawl with Nightwing versus Deathstroke.
0: Yes, because Deathstroke knew that Nightwing would investigate. So he goes to, he knew Nightwing would show up at their shared apartment. So when Nightwing arrives, Slade arrives there. And man, this fight, I know Damien had the insults, but Slade straight up calls Nightwing a loser, criticizes his form, and beats the crap out of him. There's nothing worse than that. There's (laughs) nothing worse than your enemy hitting you with the insults, and you can't fight back. (laughs) Nightwing tried it. He tried it. But man. Damn. Jesus, Deathstroke makes Nightwing jump out a window, because it's a better alternative than still fighting Deathstroke. Mm -hmm. And during this battle, uh, Nightwing dislocates his arm. They end up on the docks. Slade's like, you know what? Screw this. Just shoots Nightwing (laughs) in the chest, which, again, Points, Because, look, I I wouldn't want to put in the cardio. You're facing the acrobat. I get it. I get it. But luckily, Nightwing pulled the backs of the future. He pulled the wooden board under his clothes at the last second. And he is saved to try to rescue his friends, who are all trapped in this gigantic machine that looks so convoluted. And so, like, who designed this weird-ass machine that had five cylinders? Yeah, but they were all
1: different in their own way. Like, one was, like, hold someone's arms and legs, but the other one was just, like, a bed. Yeah. And the other one's, like, a tube. (laughs) And it's like, who
0: Who the hell did... Like, this is crazy. It's like, why did you not just make them symmetrical? (laughs) And uh, right before my man Robin is put into another... (laughs) is incarcerated again after already being in rock for like a week who knows how long it's been i have to mention they have a great conversation with him and tara mm-hmm. where tara says like oh yeah Slade's it's gonna do all the things for me we're gonna be together you're just a contract and damien goes oh did someone older an assassin promise you everything you wanted if you just followed their codes did they instead of showing you love just show you obligation mm-hmm. Do they keep saying things like, oh, no, don't worry. You're going to follow my footsteps. This is what you want. Not what I want. It's what you want. He's like, yeah, my grandpa did that. It sucked. He tried to kill me in hell, by the way. So think about this. Maybe Slade is not the person you think he is. And this starts getting her gears turning a bit. She starts thinking about, starting doubting a little bit, like maybe I mean, maybe this weird kid who grew up as an assassin might be on to something. And that sets up the seeds to the scene where now you have most of the Titans in the machine. But Brother Blood is like, yeah, I wanted that limited dish edition Red Nightwing costume in there. But it looks like he's not here. So you got another one? And say so it's like right over here. And he gets Tara, knocks out Tara with some, some knockout what, what are they, like sedative darts? Yeah, like tranquilizer you know? dart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tr- there we go. He hits her with a couple tranquilizer darts and is like, girl, you're going to that machine too. <laughs> like, Oh, you thought I was going to give up $200 million? Which is how I think it's That's a lot of money. I would have done the same thing. I'm sorry. Look, I don't
1: care. $200 million for five Titans? I would do it in a heartbeat. That's a good deal. So... It is just amazing, one, that that's how much it is for Titans. Like, I gotta admit, that <laughs> yeah. is very high. That could be, that's side, a Cyborg's college tuition right there, because we still don't know yet how much college tuition is in the DC universe. Right. <laughs> so, Nightwing is on his way while this is all happening, too. He's able to track Terra's cell phone. As he's, like, hiding under a Hive truck, he impersonates one of the Hive members as now the process is starting as the Titans powers and their life energy is being drained and brother blood is taking on their powers. He's having this big old speech with all of his followers saying that the time has come. We have gotten to the point where we will gain true power and, you know, be gods and yada, yada, yada evil speech here, evil speech monologue there. But Deathstroke says something that, was really surprising to hear because as the Teen Titans are just like saying that like, nah, we're going to bust out this and we're going to beat you on sight. And Deathstroke is just like, you know, you might want to, whatever you're about to do, you might as well just do that quickly. Wrap that, wrap it up. And <laughs> I read this somewhere that apparently, <laughs> like, well, not apparently, it actually is in the Bible. This is actually what Jesus Jesus said to Judas. Oh. so it's just like a it's the same same speech same same line so to hear to see that happen that one line gets said here is just like solidified that like yes this
0: is the judas contract right here and slade i gotta give it to him again he's so smart because he tries to dip he's like right well, i don't even <laughs> want to see it like i'm i'm good i got paid but they're like hold on brother. You're going to want to see this. And I could feel his eyes rolling under his mask. Like, I'm sorry, his uh, eyes? Yeah. Oh, right, his eye. His eye, right. And I, I could just feel it like he was like, I I don't want to see this. All right, whatever, whatever. <laughs> but this also establishes he has zero remorse for Tara because he didn't care or react to her being in the machine at all. Right. Like it, there was any doubt. Uh, but luckily my man Nightwing shows up he busts open the machine and a line we skipped over, but it comes back now yes. so well. Oh, oh my God, God. So this, oh. this is, this, <laughs> this like three minutes is just so, so excellent. So I need early, to meet Stuart Allen real quick, because yeah. the way he executed this line, I need to shake his hand. Yes, he he was incredible in this, this line delivery. So earlier when Slade and, and Robin are bantering, Slade tells Robin, Look, you're in this earth wall now, but if I had you for a week of torture, by the end of that week, you'd be calling me Papa and bringing me a pipe. So Damien breaks out of the machine, picks up a pipe, says, Papa, here's your pipe, hits Deathstroke with it, but the best part, the best part is he throws it away. He throws the pipe away. He did it for the bit. That's it. He didn't even need it. He didn't even need it. He just did it for the bit. I was out of my mind. That was crazy. I love (laughs) Damien. He was the MVP of this movie because he was malnourished for like three days in a rock wall, but he came out swinging with the pipe. And him and Dick decide to team up to try to beat Slade while everybody else teams up on the big, powerful Brother Blood with all the powers. This fight was a little uneven. <laughs> oh yeah. I, I felt like Brother Blood was so overpowered in this fight that really nobody could do much against him for the majority of the whole thing. And it yeah. was kind of by sheer luck that they even <laughs> that they that they even won, and then Raven had to use a new power for them to win, <laughs> mm-hmm. where she can apparently absorb Take out powers that people have gained. So she does that. Why she waited so long to do it is anyone's guess. But Brother Blood is drained, and he is desperate. He's like, "I just need my powers back." And one of his acolytes is like, "Yo, Brother Blood, I got you," and shoots him many times, multiples. Time. Damn! I'm like again, PG thirteen, PG thirteen. All right, I'll take your word for it. (laughs) So now that their score is settled, Tara and Slade have it out. They have a big fight. And Tara is just outside of her mind with rage at this betrayal of Slade. Everybody in her life has betrayed her thus far. Her parents sold her out to the angry mob we saw in the flashbacks. Slade sold her out to death. So she essentially loses her mind in this the struggle and in this fight she does take down Slade but at the same time she inadvertently loses her own life while Mm -hmm. the rest of the Titans are able to get away she's she gets Beast Boy to safety but eventually she is completely consumed and what I really liked about this moment is in the Teen Titans animated series when this exact same moment played out it was kind of left ambiguous if she was alive or not. Someone that looked like Tara showed up in the later episode, so it could have been her. Ain't ambiguous in this movie. She dead. Nope. Yep. yep. <laughs> this woman is dead. She ain't coming for the sequel. No, no, no. She, she killed Slade and, and lost her life with this very downbeat ending because that is the last frame of the movie. And we do get some happy scenes of like, I may me reuniting with his parents, and you see uh uh D- Dick and Starfire are getting along well. Robin and Raven seem to be getting along well. they have a puppy it, it's great, yeah, but uh and this is all
1: being done, <laughs> talked about actually while Beast Boy finally gets his interview with Kevin Smith on the podcast, yeah so. <laughs> Oh, and we also get a chance to see a new team member join in as well with Donna Troy, uh, um, aka Wonder Girl. Um, she seems to have joined the team, she's flying off. And it's such, yeah, you're right, it really is such a happy moment.
0: Yeah. And yeah, and then uh yeah, you get those happiness just to remind you, like not to lose hope when you see mm-hmm. Tara's dead body as the last image of the movie. <laughs> but uh yeah, that's it in the end though, like her, her rage consumes her. And, uh, there you go. That's, that's the Judas contract.
1: And then we also get this one little after credit scene actually at the very end. So remember that kid that got shot in the beginning point oh, blank sure. who, yeah. Came back to life. <laughs> does, does he come back at some point? Nope. <laughs> what <laughs> Has no lines apparently he just like regenerates uh the bullet wound closes up as things are falling down around him and his eyes just glow green as we hear brother blood saying in a disembodied voice saying i speak to the dead and then it's just boom kid wakes up eyes glow green and that is how our movie kind of ends after the credits
0: i'm good not knowing that
1: yeah so in that case if you decide to watch this movie um after hearing this podcast just stop at like the uh the 83 or so 83 and probably like 59 second minute mark or something
0: <laughs> useless to me um so so the only question left is if we were rating this at how many pipes you would beat slade with <laughs> out of 10 <laughs> how many pipes would you give this movie Oh, man. I mean, that, the pun
1: there already, I give it 10. But for the movie, (laughs) um, you know, I've been going back and forth on this, but I think I would actually give this movie an eight pipes out of 10. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mainly because this movie showed more humanity within our hero team than we've seen, I feel, in any other movie we've had so far. And I think that for me was really what kind of pushed it over. It wasn't it wasn't the cleanest story and it wasn't mm-hmm. like it, I'll admit that. And, do um, you know, we don't get as many like fight scenes as we've had in the other films. But I think with just the dialogue and having these moments where we're actually questioning rather like how hard can a person punch versus how much of an impact my words can have on the was it the mental health on another individual? I think that's what really kind of brought it up for me. And that's why I would give it an eight out of ten. How about you?
0: I, I, exactly the same. I had, I was toying around with, I was saying this, this movie was looking like a nine for me for a while Mm -hmm. until we got to the Terra and Slade stuff.
1: Oh yeah, definitely. uh,
0: (laughs) that's when it got a little too, too weird for me. I just thought even the implication it, it was kind of creepier that they didn't just, like, say 18 out of the way. Not like 18 would have been that much better, because to some extent Slade is grooming Tara. Mm-hmm. But I felt that if you are going to do this, which leads directly into my RTA alteration, if you're going to do this, I think we needed some kind of conclusion. I don't think, even as sad as Terra's story is, I don't think the story they wanted to tell is as clear as they thought because we're missing the beginning and the end of her story, essentially uh, big pieces, because, you know, we just, she's like, Oh, I'm on the team now. Great. And then we get bits of her flashbacks and origins. We find out that Slade saved her from the village um, when she was younger and that made her fall in love with him. But that doesn't come back at the end. <laughs> it's really like you betrayed me, which If you were doing a movie normally where they had this like mentor mentee relationship normally, I'd be okay. Like, oh, you betrayed me. But here, since it's also kind of a twisted love story, I felt like they owed us if they were going to take us there to Mm -hmm. have something more than just the usual punch fest at the end. And her, like for her to collapse the rock tunnel on top of Slade's head, kind of unsolicited. Not, he deserved it. Sure but True. there was nothing that pushed her over that edge there was no reason to me that she needed to die in this moment so i would have liked a little extra push at the end something or make it more about that she was trying to save her friends than than trying to fight slade either or it would have made her end of story cleaner and in terms of the beginning as much as i loved the introduction of starfire didn't pay off at all. <laughs> it did
1: not pay off <laughs> at all. Didn't. It was the most random cold open. Honestly, if I would have preferred if the beginning of the now, after they did like the five year into the present jump, and then it was just like that's like with Nightwing and Starfire saying that we want to live together. If that was the cold open, I would prefer that way more.
0: <laughs> that, and that's fine because Starfire's arc in this movie is her accepting her leadership position and that she's not mm-hmm. secondary to to nightwing in any way. And I feel like you could right. still convey that perfectly by just jumping to modern times and you spend the first 5 minutes maybe you do Terra's origin story and you don't you just leave out a mystery who saved her. Right. Uh but everything else is intact. And then I think now we have this point of view with do Terra because yeah, she becomes evil very rapidly. <laughs> And once she becomes evil, she is extremely remorseless. Like she was ready and willing to watch her friends die. And then we cut to the end where she's like, I'm going to kill Slade now. And it's like, it feels a little rushed. So I I think, yeah, I would would work on that. I would work on that, guys, making Tara's story a little bit more clear. I think if we had just gotten a well-rounded story with Tara, it would have helped so much more to get us to the end there.
1: Yes. And speaking of needing help, if you ever need help, then you should definitely check out our affiliate partner, Fiverr. Do you need a freelancer to help you with your website or WordPress site or an expert presentation designer to help with that big work project?
0: Or maybe you just need someone to write expert articles and blogs for that website. Look no further than the number one freelance marketplace, Fiverr.
1: You can find designers, programmers and more for seconds, some for as low as five dollars per gig. Fiverr is the ideal tool to help you with your pressing projects, just post your gig or search for freelancers and you're off to the races.
0: Don't deal with the hassle of finding freelancers yourself. Let Fiverr help you. See the link in the description of this episode to get started.
1: Please note that yet another DC animated podcast is an affiliate partner of Fiverr. We may receive commissions on purchases and services you buy after you click the link below.
0: These commissions help support the growth of yet another DC animated podcast. So we appreciate your continued support.
1: All right. Now that we've talked about how Fiverr can help you on your own tasks and projects let's now talk about that comic book knowledge. As we talk about who Tara is, who brother blood is, what exactly is this Judas contract and why is it not legally binding? (laughs) But more importantly, this story is just filled with so many crazy things because we dive a little bit more into who the Teen Titans are, how they connect with Slade, and really how this whole thing started. Because of the fact that it's called the Judas Contract, today's section of this is now called Terra at the Last Supper.
0: <laughs>
1: so, starting off first, we have I'm going to first talk about our big bad. This is Brother Blood. He was first introduced in New Teen Titans, number 21. It was created by Marv Wolfman and George Perez. If any of these names sound familiar, that's because we actually talked about it a lot in our previous Teen Titans episode. And these are just continuing stories from when we first met them back in 1982. So similar to the movie, he has this cult-like following and he gets his power from, from blood. It is the creepiest thing ever because... The story goes that in order to become Brother Blood, it is actually this title that's passed down from generation to generation from the leaders of Zandia, the nation that they talked about within the film that we have watched. But it is a lot different of how you actually ascertain this title. You get it by killing
0: your father. (laughs) Oh, that's it. Easy. Kylo run that. (laughs) So
1: the one that we're seeing in this film, Sebastian Blood, is actually the eighth Brother Blood in history. They each live to about a good hundred years or so, or sometimes more. This is why he was mentioning that he, Brother Blood has been in power for like 600 years. Whether in the movie he actually lived that long, I don't know. But you know, I, I feel like the title of Brother Blood has been around for that long. And just like in the movie, he gets his powers through this vampiric like style of draining the life force and in the comments is a bit more extreme because it's all about he drains the blood and that's how he's able to steal the powers of other individuals. He does have a big stake in this in terms of things preceding the Judas contract because this um his story really kind of comes together leading into the Judas contract at issue number thirty nine but we're going to talk about the main players and by which I mean. Tara. We got a chance to experience her attitude, (laughs) whether you hate her or you love her. She was first introduced in the new Teen Titans comic book series, just actually five issues after Brother Blood was introduced. Same creators, everything. And she started off actually as a reluctant villain. She pretended to target the Teen Titans by saying that her parents were imprisoned and they told her that she needed to fight against them in order to set them free. The Teen Titans, feeling bad for her, decide to bring her along with them. Don't really know what really kind of happened for parents after the fact. Again, comic book history disappears. And yes, she does have the same exact attitude as she does in the film, where she's completely unbearable, and you're wondering, why is this child in my life? (laughs)
0: And when is she going to betray everybody?
1: (laughs) Exactly. So the Teen Titans, again, have been dealing with her since issue number 26. But the Judas Contract actually doesn't start until maybe about um, 16 issues later. The Judas Contract actually takes place between the tales of the Teen Titans. Again, just as a reminder from our Teen Titans episode from previously, the comic actually changed titles because at that point, the Teen Titans were no longer new. So as the story continues from around the uh, issue number 40 or so, by issue numbers 42 to 44, as well as the Tales of the Teen Titans annual number three, all written by Marvel Wolfman and George Perez, this 1984 story is actually the, the real Judas Contract story arc. And in it, we get a chance to see how Tara is being used to spy on all the Teen Titans. In previous issues, number 39, she is able to get the secret identities of not only Kid Flash, but Robin as well. Because at this point, Dick Grayson was still operating as Robin. She has very much like in the movie, these contact lenses that are actually cameras that are sending a feed over to Slade, who... Again, in the comic, they do have an amorous relationship. That whole negligee scene is actually pulled straight from the comic. It's weird. She has it on, has on the makeup, everything. But again, Slade kind of shoots it down. She finds out that he actually has a family. Possibly, it's like, oh, he has a wife and three kids in the picture. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm going to write a letter. <laughs> and the two of them really met because they slave was working on another contract and he needed some help so different from what we see in the movie they're not he doesn't find her after she's being tortured all this time he finds her because she answers a a, basically a craigslist for additional help for an assassination (laughs) attempt um they are trying to kill a king and tara instead of saying that like i'm She's going to just go outright and just kill him, whatever. She decides to infiltrate the family and become close to them and then be able to take out not only the king, but his entire family. Slade loves this idea. When he sees how well it came across and how well it was completed, he's like, yo, what if I did the same thing to the Teen Titans after what they did to my son? And that is really what the Judas Contract really stemmed from. So I got to say real quick that this comic and the movie together, like, they did a great job in pulling a lot of these things and putting it into in the animation because we haven't really seen that in a while. I no, we say. have not. <laughs> yeah. No. And <laughs> it's wild that, like, now we get a chance to kind of see that, like, all these little Easter eggs are finally coming to life. The other thing, too, this story has been done so many times in all versions of, like, teen titans history like i think andrew you know you we were just talking about this but like even if you don't know what the judas contract is if you have any experience with the teen titans you've like seen this story play out and i mean this in like the animated series from 2003 actually kind of popped up a little bit in one episode of um teen titans go yeah Uh, teen
0: titans go uh young justice and a little bit of titans no no it it was uh, the live action titans right yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. They did that. They they did the almost the exact same story, beat by beat, and mm-hmm. by far it is the worst version of that story. So if you <laughs> want to know where to go for the absolute worst version of the Judas Contract, Titans live action, it's got you coming.
1: <laughs> and it's just crazy because it's, it is something that was so popular that this film actually was never supposed to come out now um Damn. but yeah this film was so popular that it was actually supposed to come out it was first announced that they were planning on doing this back in 2006 hmm. and it had a potential release date of 2008 2009 it was going to be the third film in the dcau not the, not in this one that we're talking about the dcamu or the dc animated movie universe but in just like all dc original film content like after superman doomsday and justice league New Frontier, this was going to be the next film. And it just got shelved. No reason, no explanation. I guess maybe the fans weren't ready to see the Deathstroke and, you know, terror relationship. And I don't think the fans are, even now at this point, ready
0: to see that thing. Nope. They're like, oh, I guess we'll, you know what? Instead, we'll go and work on Killing Joke and we'll have Batman and Batgirl hook up instead. I'm sure people will be much more receptive to that. You were wrong, DC. <laughs>
1: Heroes don't do that.
0: Heroes, <laughs> heroes don't do that. That's what heroes <laughs> shouldn't do. Hit on little. Okay. <laughs> no no need to get off track here, but.
1: <laughs> um. But yes, as I mentioned, the story has been done so often, and there really aren't many differences when you go through the um the comic versus the the adaptations that they've done over the years. Like so many similarities. One of my favorite similarities that you actually see is. The whole scene where Nightwing and Slade are fighting against each other. That, in the film and in the comic, shot for shot, almost pretty much the same thing. Deathstroke jumps through this apartment. Nightwing, at this moment, actually isn't Nightwing. Dick Grayson has turned down the title of... This is one of the biggest moments that came out of the Judas Contract, but um, Dick Grayson is no longer Robin. In that same issue, number 39, where Terra meets with the secret identity of kid flash who reveals himself to be wally west because at that moment he decides to leave the team Nightwing decides to not do the same but people are thinking he's doing the same but he decides to give up the robin persona because he's feeling that he's too old to still be under batman's shadow and every single time that people think of him they're always saying batman and so he decided to really make a name for himself. But until he really figured out what that name was, he just decided to continue being Dick Grayson. So at that point, he kind of leaves the team because he wants to figure that out by himself. But he also decides to step down as leader and has Donna Troy um, be the new leader of the Teen Titans, which I really liked that the fact that they added that little cameo in the end because it really kind of made it a little bit more full circle in that sense yeah and this is when it just starts spiraling into the judas contract because at this moment this is when from the contact lens cameras that deathstroke finds out the secret identities of almost everybody and that is what the ultimate goal was to use this new secret knowledge of who everyone is all their strengths all their weaknesses to really use that against them we Then kind of see, that was one of the main comic book things that came out of this storyline. But also, as I mentioned, Tara sees a picture of Slade's family. And from that picture, we see two of those people actually pop up in the story arc. And those two people are Adeline Wilson, who is Slade's ex-wife, as well as his son, Joseph Wilson, who ends up becoming the hero, Jericho. After Nightwing goes through the same kind of story of finding out, seeing everybody being attacked and taken out and then later kidnapped, he meets these individuals and they inform him that Tara is this is working with Slade. She is the traitor to the team. And we get a bit more of a backstory on who Deathstroke is, how he got his powers, how the two how Adeline and Deathstroke were married in the past, how they had their children. Um, not well, not how they had their children, but really, just like it's a real mystery,
0: guys. Yeah, it's a real mystery,
1: (laughs) but they, um, but really, kind of like how who Jericho is as well. And you actually did meet Jericho in the film, he is the kid that was shot
0: that came back to life. Oh, get out of here, shut the the door. (laughs) That's not a cute Easter egg.
1: I was, yeah, I was also confused at like why they included him in that way because it was such a big, this character is such a big deal and it's just really a great story I feel that I'm kind of glad that we got a chance to see it in this more comic book version in this film but personally I gotta say I, I think the Teen Titans 2003 animated series did a really much better job with it, mainly because, you know, we always see the Teen Titans as this group of like kids who always kind of like, we never really saw them working at their full power, their full capabilities, their full anger. And here it was that they showed that in this version. I don't think we got a chance to see that here because it was still like, much like in the comic. And they, they really wanted to put it to a point where it was just like, we have an opportunity to save Tara and they're still trying to kind of like immortalize her after the fact it's just like she she was just she's a great person, but she was just dealing with some things. Which at that moment I'm just like, we we did lose somebody, but again, it was Tara who I don't care for anymore, even though she's such a great character.
0: Yeah, it it goes back to that failing of the movie with it, it was like it was great that she was this kind of rebellious character with a nice side, but because we don't have the time to develop her, like, yeah, the last thing she did, said to them was like some variation of good luck being mm-hmm. murdered. That, that was it, <laughs> you know? Right, yeah. So, I like, I don't care about you now. It's like, you didn't care about me, so. <laughs> it's not enough. It's not quite there.
1: So honestly, I will say that because this reading is, it was so short, it was really about, um, Really, the main story itself took place over four issues. Oh, that's, yeah. that's quick. Yeah, it was quick, super quick. You really had to just read the other comments just to get some context of who these other people were. Like it this really was just like a, a moment where a lot like the film, this this was just a growth moment for for the team. So that's why I'm kind of glad with like the fact that we have this movie now at this point, because before we were first introduced to them, I didn't really see how they can play a bigger part into the end game of what we're leading to with our rewatch of this of this entire world and this universe. But here we have now it's just like the team has been aged up a bit because they they experience loss, betrayal. They're building better bonds within amongst themselves. They're learning from their mistakes a lot more. Characters who are already who are already in the process of being developed have really culminated into something great. And by which I mean, Damien, like there's just like really great moments from him where he's like, doesn't have to be, no longer be the, you know, the main focus. He, for most of this film, he's more or less a side character. Mm -hmm. And which is why I'm really glad to see that like we're at this point now where it's just like, we get a chance to really dive into really focusing in on the growth, of the characters as we're making our way over to like what could be their their last battles.
0: Yeah, cuz uh if you like this team, you like this movie, you'll see them in at the end. Yes. <laughs> you'll see all the <laughs> titans at the end and you might not be too happy when you do, but that is a story for another day completely. What is exciting is because we totally planned this. We 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 set this up months in advance. Mm -hmm. That as after you watch the Suicide Squad this weekend, you can go straight into our podcast next week because we're doing Suicide Squad, hell to pay. It's a full weekend of Suicide Squad for you. We did that for you. (laughs) Yes,
1: I am so excited. I love this team. They are just like my favorite Pack of villains. Yeah, we spent so much time with the heroes. Where are we now? Like our ninth film of just like truth, justice, and the hero way. Like now we're going to get into like what happens on the other side because no one's been checking up on these villains.
0: Yeah, now that they're free to roam with Amanda Waller, things are going to get very messy. So we cannot wait for you to come back and see how crazy things are going to get.
1: Until then, take care of yourselves.
0: Talk to a teen. Not it, not that way. Wait, no, no, yeah, not <laughs> that way. Not that way. <laughs> if you interact with the teens, it better be at a soup kitchen where you're mm-hmm. donating your time graciously and yes. then you go home to an age appropriate person. <laughs>
1: Now that we have finished talking about our DC animated content, here are some recommended readings for you. All of these comics and more can be found at your local comic shop, so remember to venture out and support your part of the source wall, and tell them Andrew and Shamar sent you. The first comic on our list is New Teen Titans Volume 7. This collected edition has all the comics that served as the source material for our film. Next on our list, we have Teen Titans Season 2. The season that premiered in 2004 is another adaptation of The Judas Contract. It's probably the most well-known as it came out in what I feel was the golden age of comic superhero animation television. Finally, we have Young Justice Outsiders. The third season of this series, that premiered in 2019, sees a reimagined Terra being introduced as a member of the team of young heroes. And don't worry, we see another adaptation of Judas Contract here, but with more than just the Teen Titans being impacted. That's all for our list. Thank you for listening and be sure to rate, review, and follow yet another DC Animated Podcast. Also, interact with us on social media for news on upcoming content. Take care and we'll see you for the next issue.